Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Well Nerds Podcast. This is episode number 75. My name is Slater, and I'm here with Eric, Adam, and Caitlin. Hey, guys. What's up? Hello. Woo! Woo! Oh, my gosh. You guys blow out everyone's speakers every time you do that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Not their base. Hopefully, they have good quality speakers. Like That was definitely oh. not base. Whatever. Same thing. Science. Anyways, hi, friends. Hi. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit since we've done a full episode because we're all wrapped up in Secrets of the Whales. Um, whales. Secrets of our lives. Yeah. Let us know how, what you guys think of the miniseries now that, or out of the, well, our mini episodes, but also out of the series on Disney Plus now that it's been out for a while. I'm sure most of you have watched at least one episode by now. Some people have texted me about it. So, yeah. <laughs> They release them one at a time, or did they release like all of them? All four. I think they released all four, all four. at once. Oh, okay. <laughs> so funny. Rod was on the boat, and he was like, "I could only see episode one last night. What do I do?" And he literally presses one button. He's like, and he clicks it, and then it, all four episodes pop up. And now <laughs> he's like, "Oh, <laughs> got it." It was pretty funny. Rod's a legend. <laughs> legend who made a city. City made a legend. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what Adam just said. Let's step yeah. right into sightings because I know that him. each and every one of us has some had some epic sightings in the last week to two weeks to three weeks. Two weeks or Slater, three. Slater, you're gonna burst wow. if you don't go first. I think you should go first. I haven't had any sightings. You liar! <laughs> I was with you with all. The I've seen Eric. Eric is at the same sightings as me, just from another boat every day. <laughs> Sometimes from the same boat. Yeah. People are like, why are there pictures of each other all the time? Yeah, I have like probably five photos of Eric over the last week and a half from like opposite boats. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would you, you take more, Adam? It's <laughs> <laughs> a rare sighting, dude. That's a super ultra mega rare sighting. No, it's Eric not. Oh my god, it's an Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Eric was with me for most. Of, or, I mean, Eric was on the bay for most of my sightings, but we had. And Adam was there for one of my not so good days. Yeah. <laughs> so might be oh. a fault we don't really know yet. Um, so I think to be determined. Blame it on Adam. <laughs> We're gonna give him another ch- ch- chance on another trip you in the future. Can't blame maybe. it on me because I have good luck. I'll talk about that. Whatever. Later. Maybe just not in the bay. <laughs> what do you mean? I saw Southern residents there. We're on pins and needles, True. Slater. What did you see? Whales. Whales. Humpbacks. We have humpbacks right now. Rizzo's white sides. Uh, I guess some northern right whale dolphins were seen in the bay today. I didn't see them. It was foggier than a turkey. Let me tell you. <laughs> turkey I, fog. I found two humpback whales in the fog, and I was so happy. Turkey fog. <laughs> yeah, turkey fog is, is a little bit denser than evection um, fog, but we'll get to that on another podcast. If you look at the Buford scale, it goes from one to turkey fog. <laughs> Infection fog, you're dropping that from the captain's class there, Slater. Good job. <laughs> hey, you got to know him to get that thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and so we had, most of you guys know, if you follow any of us, that we had a gray whale predation with three pods of transient killer whales. Um, everyone, well, not everyone was there. Dang it, Caitlin, Caitlin was there in spirit. Adam missed it by a day. Gang, gang, that's how we do it up in this. What? <laughs> wow. oh, you need to lay off the frappuccino this late at night, dude. Sorry, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, 
We had a gray whale predation, and then they fed on that gray whale for four days, which brings me to a topic because I got kept getting so many comments on my post about how we uh, that these mean killer whales only eat the tongue and they leave the whole entire body. Baloney. So, let's let these scientists, Eric and Caitlin, explain that they don't do that. Uh, they're called orcas. When you say killer whales, it's listen, really Linda. Uh, I don't care what Orson. Down. I don't care what Orsonist orca means. It's still mean to call me. <laughs> We've definitely talked about this in in some one of the early, early, early episodes, like maybe somewhere below episode ten. But <clears throat> there's sort of a misnomer going around about gray whale predations, and unfortunately, it's from the first Blue Planet series, um, way back in the late 90s early 2000s um they did film killer whales they actually filmed the 51s before bumper was born <clears throat> in that attacking a gray whale and then they said like they just ate the tongue and then left but that's not actually true um usually they will feed on the carcass for more than one day in my experience but sometimes if there's another kill going on somewhere else they may only eat the tongue and then leave it just depends on what's going on. But a lot of the time, they feed on the carcass for more than one day. And the reason why they start with the tongue, other than the fact that it's nutrient-rich and fatty and easy to eat, is because it's the only open part of the whale when the whale dies. Like, they don't have hands and knives and stuff to cut the whale open. So they have to start where the whale already is open, at the mouth. And they have to break the jaw and start ripping the whale open from there. So that's the first piece of meat they can get to anyway. Yep. Fast. Yep. Also, you got to think that, let's say this is their fourth predation, right? Which in this case is our first one that we've seen in the bay this year. Mm-hmm. But let's say they've already done three or four outside the bay, and maybe that's why they would only eat the tongue. They've already been eating gray whales for, you know, two weeks straight. We don't know that. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. In past events, that could have been the case, why they only ate the tongue and left. Yeah, in previous seasons, I've definitely seen mostly whole carcasses wash up on shore. Um, and that's also the couple years that that happened, there was a lot of predations happening those seasons. There was like 40 plus killer whales in the bay for weeks at a time. And there was lots of gray whale kills. And so I think some of it was that maybe they were full, but also the current and the sea conditions can get really bad in Monterey and they can lose the carcass. You know, like, that's a pretty heavy thing to try and keep at the surface all the time. And if the current's really ripping hard or it pulls it under and it's really dark and it sinks out really fast, you know, then they lose it. And then it eventually will drift ashore. Sometimes. Ours are doing that thing where they actually hold it at a certain height. Where there's a mm-hmm. certain... Yeah, for sure. And I'll keep it right there, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. I've heard they, like, was... stash, stash yeah. carcasses. You guys heard of that? Is yeah. That mm-hmm. Yeah, my first year here, they were they were. That's what they said. Like the next day, and it, and I mean that basically just happened, um, in these, I don't know, four days ago or three days ago, when we got out there on the second day, there was no carcass at the surface, and then you know midway through the day, they brought the carcass up. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, where do they stash it? They put I, mean, I don't think stuff that like little, they may not even like, be stashing it. It could just be like buoyantly floating midway. Yeah, right? they're putting it. They're putting it in a certain water level where the buoyancy is just right. Because where the temperature and everything yeah. just right, it'll kind of hover right there. Yeah, they don't they have just like let a little it... cabinet with like gray whale meat, seal meat, <laughs> sea lion meat. No, I mean, well, they I, might. We they could leave it. it on the bottom, right? Yeah. The thing behind that, when I was told, was that 
the water temperature is, you know, 50 mm-hmm. degrees. So it, yeah. it do, things don't rot as fast as they would yep. in warmer water. Yeah. Yep. So that's why they're able to kind of like feed on it. From yeah. Dude, they have their own refrigerators. Yep. And also the yeah, temperature and salinity also make a difference in how buoyant something's going to be in the water. Yep. Exactly. Oh. Science, all angles, no matter which <laughs> way you look at it. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes they stash the carcass and they'll keep feeding on it. Um, but sometimes they just move on to something else. But it's not, in my opinion, it's not wasteful. You know, they're not just senselessly killing gray whale calves. Yeah, no. And then just moving on. Like, killer whales can be quite brutal, especially when they're training their young on how to how to hunt. I've seen them, you know, absolutely torture seals and sea lions before actually Earth. eating it. Birds, Yeah. But, you know, they're not just, like, ruthlessly killing things for no reason. You and know, even they have then, a purpose. It's, it's all, yeah, even then, it's all a learning <clears> lesson. <throat> they're teaching the young ones. So, But, well, Eric, when, what does Orsinus yeah. orca mean anyway in Latin? Oh, it means they're killer. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> uh, like bringer of the death or something. That's it's from like below. De- like a, it's like a demon, lot of from, demon from the depths. From or the, yeah, it's like the... <clears throat> The translation is kind of like, uh, like from the underworld or from the land of the dead or something like it's uh, Roman mythology. Orcus. You can probably look it up right now. Uh, but yeah, so when they did decide to leave two days ago and start traveling again, they were down to just like little pieces of blubber that they were like each carrying around. Like they fully like this thing was gone. This very mm-hmm. well. It was just like <clears throat> shredded to little tiny pieces of blubber left. I wonder. And even... Oh, go ahead, Adam. I was gonna say, I wonder how much of an impact like the UME for the gray whales is having an impact on killer whales. You know, because for the past couple of years there hasn't been a lot of calves. You know, I wonder if that mm-hmm. if they're just not getting as many, or they're just getting in different locations, or what. Well. The last two years before this year, there wasn't a lot of killer whale sightings in the spring. I mean, last year, because of COVID, we don't actually know, but yeah. um, it seemed like it was a little slower than it had been. Mm-hmm. And that might be because there was less calves. There's less calves, and also, like, what, gray whale calf survival rate is, what, about 30% don't make it, I think it is, according to what James said. Um, it's like it's pretty high. It's yeah. like 35 percent. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. that's high. <clears throat> that's a high mortality rate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the mortality rate. I'm yeah. sorry. <clears throat> yeah, thirty percent don't make it. Yeah. And then with a UME for what three seasons now? Yeah. Yeah. And then very yeah. low counts in the lagoon. So yeah, it's a hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to. I was gonna try to reach out to um, the guy who owns the camp down there and, and ask him what it, like what's going on right now towards the end of the season if there's still a new like. There's still a lot down there. We did they get a count this year for the season? Yeah, we had a mid-season update. We did it in an episode earlier, and it was it was very low. Very what is, low. What is, what is very low? <clears throat> there was hardly any. I think there was under 20 calves in, yeah, in I, one of the lagoons and not I very many the, adults. Yeah, I had the same. I'll see one saved somewhere. Yeah. All that. But it's grim. I mean, you look historically at... You know, double-digit counts of cow-calf pairs now to, you know... I mean, triple-digit counts of cow-calf pairs now. You're just getting lower and lower and lower. Yeah. They're not even close to triple-digit anymore. Yeah. And we'll have some more um, gray whale stuff in a future episode as well. Um, But the other thing I was going to say is with killer whales in the carcass is even if they don't consume the whole thing, 
when it falls to the sea floor, it supports a whole nother community yep. on the sea floor. And so, you know, like the California Academy of Sciences one time had a talk Eric and I went to and they said for however many years the whale was alive, it supports a deep sea community for that many years afterwards. So, you know, even though this might be a small carcass falling to the seafloor, it still provides an important nutrient source to the benthic habitat for, you know, a year or more as it breaks down whatever's left. Is it still considered a whale fall? Yes, mm -hmm. it would be a whale fall. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, those are so important to the benthic organisms. I mean, that's a huge amount of organic matter to feed on. Well, and it's a part of the carbon fixation that the ocean does as a as an ecological service for the planet. You know, like all of that um, carbon that was in that whale's body is not going to go into the atmosphere now. It's going to be put into a deep sea ecosystem for decades. It's not going to resurface. Carbon sink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So even though it might seem really sad, and sometimes as a naturalist, when I worked there during gray whale season, I felt like we were doing group therapy on the boat in addition to learning <laughs> about one of the most incredible events in nature. Um, you know, it doesn't go to waste just because the killer whales didn't eat it. Well, that's the thing. And also, you know, what else is there on a gray whale? Kill? Yeah. Albatross, gulls, yeah. shearwaters, sharks. Yeah. <laughs> you leave those bullmars. Bullmars. Hey, Slater loves them. the full Mars. Maybe because I saw them um, in their nest. They are really cool looking birds, I think. They are, they are neat. They are cool. They're like mini albatross. Yeah. You know what bird is not cool? Western gulls. No, the giant storm. <laughs> not gi the giant petrels. Oh, they eat all the baby they birds. They look like a. They, they are look so like a scary. dinosaur. They are scary. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, if if I they were like you have to dive in the water with the petrel or a killer whale, I'd be. Like, Killer whale, like, I would not. <laughs> like I'd be more afraid to jump in the water with the petrol than a, than a, than a Speak, killer whale. Speaking of jump in the water with a killer oh, whale, yeah. were, you, were you there, Slater, or was it? I was me? literally driving to my boat to come. I was on my way back out when oh, they okay. did. But yeah. we were, um, we were out, and that guy was fully suited up again, right at sunset, ready to jump wow. in. Or did that, it? That picture I put up, that guy in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is that? With the what? What killer whale is that? I don't know. I, I just, you know, I was like, oh, look. <laughs> I didn't even bother looking. Well, there so was. There's a couple, there's a couple film crews in the bay just to provide a little context as to what yeah. Eric and Slater are talking about. One's doing Netflix, a Netflix series. Do you know what the other groups are doing? I have no uh, idea. I, I really don't know technically what either of them are doing. I don't know. They're just filming a bunch of stuff. It's getting kind of annoying. Yeah. There's a hel well, helicopter out gone. for two days. There was a helicopter hovering over us for two That's days. That's a little in intense, especially with the yeah. drone technology where it is now. Why why fly a helicopter? Yeah, yeah really God, dude. You got an Aspire with an X7 camera on it? Like, you're Calm a baller, you know? Calm down. <laughs> so anyway, there are two helicopters like <laughs> over us for two days in a row. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it wasn't crazy wasn't peaceful they all, they all have to, and if anyone's wondering they, they like even the drones the diver all of that stuff is technically under permit so if you're yeah it's not like people are just ruthless out here yeah. doing things willy-dilly i'm sure there's some ruthless people out there but <laughs> but the divers and the helicopters were on permit yeah so at the end of the night it was just uh lee and chase decker and i we went on my boat and we were out there with them at sunset and i was like so are you gonna get back in the water 
And they were like, they looked at the diver like, so you're going to get back in the water? And he was like, I, I think he was scared. Like he didn't want to get back in, but he was like ready. I think the rest of the day to get in, but he never did it. <laughs> it's a little intimidating. Well, that's weird. I mean, the, you can't even biz. see like two feet in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so murky. Super gnarly. It's good now though. Ooh, off to this morning when I was, um, I got to like, oh, three or four maybe. And it was, it was pretty blue, like blue out there. Nice. So nice. Yeah, it's 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 getting kind of nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, what other sightings did you guys have, Eric? Does that pretty much cover it? Dolphins, humpbacks, and killer whales. Yeah, the humpbacks are slowly trickling back in. I did a few, and they're they're regular, so that's looking good. I'm trying to think if there's anything we missed. Are you out today, Eric? No, I actually forced myself to take one day off the water. <laughs> uh, has our has our homegirl Fran showed up this season? No, not yet, not which yet. is kind of weird. Because she got down there, I don't want to say early, but she was one of the first down south because they sent us videos of her. Mm-hmm. So I got to Abracho was here, I mean, a few weeks ago, and I don't know where he went. That's I feel like way. they check in, take off, and come back. Yeah. There was a lot of humpbacks in the bay today, though. Um, Brent had two, I think, two pairs, two separate pairs. I had a pair. Kate found two singles. Um, and then Danny and I had a single humpback too. A lot of humpbacks with all white flukes, which was really cool. Today. Okay. Okay. Um, so there was at least like 10 humpbacks seen and they were all on the South side of the Canyon close to Monterey actually. Yeah. So they're trickling back in. And then there was a few, uh, got reports all the way from like half moon Bay. There's, they've been over there. So maybe there's some food up there and they're just taking Probably. their time to come back I, here. Yeah. Brent was talking about. Someone saying there's a bunch of anchovies in on the beach. They saw a bunch of anchovies in on the beach. So hopefully that's a good sign. That sounds right because the Sanders picked up a whole bunch of anchovies too. That's what they were talking about. Yeah. Well, speaking of lots of feeding humpback whales, Adam, you've had a lot of feeding Adam had Adam had a rare day, super ultra rare day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we've said it in the past, but like Santa Barbara is like a mini Monterey. And um, this year it's super weird. Um, We have been seeing like zero common dolphins but a ton of california sea lions like it honestly looks like it it must be pretty cold um i i don't know the exact temps but it literally looks like some days it looks like monterey out there like there's just whales and sea lions everywhere um like you know peak monterey season but yeah it's been really good i think we're on day 32 or something of like hump of humpback whale sighting straight which is awesome we love our humpbacks. We've had a lot of cow-calf pairs of gray whales as well. They're still trickling in. I think last week was one day where we had five um, cow-calf pairs. Um, so it's been really good. Um, and then we did also have a killer whale sighting um, just about a week ago. And that's kind of a rare sighting for us. You guys get them a lot more up there. But um, we had a nice pod only about five miles out, um, which was super cool. Nice. Good deal. But yeah, it's been really good, and um, there's a whole bunch of whales. Um, we've had a lot of lunge feeding late, lately, too. I met, I met um, a Santa Barbara local that I've never – a whale that I've never met before. His name is Mustachio. And if you guys saw my lunge feeding video on Instagram or Facebook, this whale has, like, this overbite, and his baleen sticks out, and it looks like a little mustache. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. But um, Dave and – one of our other photographers, Bob, have seen that whale for the past, you know, 10 years or so. And this is the first time I've seen him, at, at least that I know of that, you know, you can see his baleen, which is pretty cool. Um, 
but yeah, Sunny's been really good and a bunch of whales and I'm happy. And I get to go to Monterey and hang out with Slater, so. And Eric. And Eric. <clears throat> and Eric. Eric's uh, always Eric, so busy. Eric, I don't Eric's, even see Eric. Eric's always, he's always he doesn't on a like different me. boat. He doesn't like me, that's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eric's just always freaking like, Eric's I'm a naturalist always, here. I'm a naturalist there. Exactly. I'm naturalizing the world. He's, he's on all, he's on all the I'm boats. I'm naturalizing the world. And then on his day off, he's like, oh, I'm busy today. I have to take the day off. And then it's like you call him. He's like, oh, I went out with Princess today. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I actually, I only was on water for like a few seconds because I was on, on the wharf. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. I ran errands. Hey. Mail. I know you guys have been, like, super uh, on the whale stuff for, like, the last year or two years. Well, I guess minus quarantine. But this is the most I've been on the water since, like, 2018 or 17. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, you, dude. You're out there every day. Except for today. Oh, yeah, you're out there every day. No, I went out today for, like, five hours. Crap, dude. <laughs> every day I keep, I keep saying, oh, I'm not going to go today. And then I, like, look at the weather. I'm like, oh, four, not, four to five knots in the morning. Okay, fine. <laughs> How can, my you, arm. how can you not, especially because there's so much stuff right out front of Moss Landing. It's like I can spend zero gas and have a killer day. Like, awesome. Yeah. Super stoked for you, Slater Moore Photography. You're really putting the photography in Slater Moore Photography. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Also, for those of you that get video access to Patreon out of there right Paris, now, yeah, it's talking awesome. more than him. <laughs> Dude, I keep trying to get a haircut, but every time oh, I try to make an appointment, man. they're like, oh, yeah, we're booked for the day. And then I'm like, well, what about tomorrow? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're booked. And then I work, like, we've been running three trips a day, which is super awesome. But I've been working from, like, eight to six. Just and then it's like, it, they're all closed. Weed whacker. I actually have a very <laughs> symmetrical head, so I could buzz it, but I don't know if I'm ready for you that. You could buzz it? My, my, my head looks head. like it's very large, but the bottom of those dolphins. Oh my gosh! Hey, uh, I right saw some right whales. Yeah, see right whale yet? Hit me with a hit me some whale um, knowledge. I did see a northern right whale in the distance, but because we have a 500 yard approach limit, we just didn't even go over to it. Did you acknowledge it? <laughs> nope, nope. The crew was like, there's a whale over there. And then we oh, kept watching. We were like, mm, pretty sure that's a right whale. Let's not bring it up. <laughs> Do you guys ever, like, like today when I was out, I had a humpback whale pop up, like, you know, a couple hundred yards in front of me. And it, does that ever happen up there where you guys with the northern right whale and then you turn away? Um, Yeah, it hasn't happened when I've been on the boat, but in years past, I've heard stories like that. Um, but basically you just have to like, let the boat be in neutral until you can ensure that you can get away from the whale safely. Like you can't intersect its path or anything at all. Um, and I've heard stories where like, sometimes they're watching humpbacks and like, depending on what the bait is doing, like there might be a right whale feeding in the area too, before it like passes through. Um, and then we also have a slow zone. So there's like, um, because the seasonal management area is covering parts of Stellwagen Bank right now. Um, when we head out to go look for humpbacks and stuff, we get to an area where we have to slow down to 10 knots or slower. And they actually track um, the boat 65 feet and longer via AIS to make sure that they're compliant. Really? So, yeah. Um, wow. So they can see us on the satellite because we have to have AIS because we're over 65 feet in length. And um, so they can see, like, if we're complying or not. Some evil captains turned that off. Yeah. 
you someone can monitor it and like turn the um they can tell that you turn it off and stuff so yeah, yeah are, it's like actively monitored are right whale muggings a thing um i think so i mean especially if they're in like a sag like a social aggregation um they don't carry much money well, that's a people work don't for me water. <laughs> but uh um, sag out there not talking like, about I, it. i'm just wondering because like a social you know, you aggregation because you could like pull up on like we pulled up on humpbacks before and like you know whatever they're a half mile away and then they're down for 10 minutes and they pop up right next to you and they're like oh what's good yeah i mean i think that that would be a captain's worst nightmare in new england just because like it's such a sensitive subject it, it's... like please get away from me please go away like please nobody yeah. record <laughs> i didn't yeah, do that everybody's like that one was close and you're like trying to prove no it wasn't i swear and it's like, well, like the i photo promise i didn't do it <laughs> or the well next to the boat yeah so um yeah if there's if for us it's kind of like if there's one in the area we'll like we inform the captain but typically the decision is to not approach it at all we just let it go do its thing um but we've seen lots of humpback whales as well. We've had a couple fin whale sightings, a couple minke whale sightings, and lots of Atlantic white-sided dolphins, um, which is not normal for us. We only typically see dolphins in general, like 10, uh, 10 to 20% of our trips. And the last two trips that we've sent out, we've had dolphins not only like within three miles of getting to the whales and just seeing dolphins the whole way, they're also feeding with the whales. So it's just like you had dolphins for the whole trip. Um, which is really, really cool. And then also lots of gray seals, which is really interesting. We've had like over a dozen gray seals out feeding with the whales as well. And so a couple of times they rafted up kind of like sea lions. There's like five or six of them together, which is pretty wild. That's awesome. Those white sided dolphins are so cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's so that weird. yellow stripe. Isn't that neat? It's like a common and a white and a flag had a baby. Except it's but bigger than still... both of them. I know. A what common, is, is a, common a Rizzo, and a lag. <laughs> we'll go to the bar. A bottlenose. Yeah, maybe bottlenose. Wait, but I'm, I'm just figuring out, why do we never see, like, these photos of Atlantic white sides? Like, is there just no one taking pictures of these things over there? Are they, like, Rizzos? Like, are they not very boat-savvy, or what? Um, not, well, yeah. I mean, they don't show super great a lot of the time. Um... But also, I think you guys just aren't plugged into the New England photographers, whale photographer scene. Show me them right now. What's their Instagram? Um, <laughs> I mean, you can follow Cape Ann Whale Watch. I post pictures of them on there. Yeah, Caitlin, if you don't give me a double breaching Atlantic Whiteside Chocolate. I have a triple season, breaching from last year. <laughs> she season. does have a triple oh, breach. Down. Oh, my gosh. Don't you get triple right breach now. on me. Look at that. Go that's look at Cape Ann Whale Watch. You see the that. three dolphins leaping? Yeah. They're like. Yeah. That's my photo, like bro. Triangle. Illuminati dolphins. <laughs> They're super yeah. cool looking. I would love to see them one day. We'll go. Yeah. Show. I did get a new lens, so hopefully I'll get a few photos. But um, I'm also training new crew, so that's kind of got my hands full right now. Uh, camera's not priority while I'm trying to get the new crew oh. trained up. How's the weather in like April? All that stuff over there. Um, we have a lot of storms. We've only gotten two trips off the dock since mid-April. I mean, we're only running on the weekends anyway, but like we were supposed to run Saturday and Sunday, and we've only run one or day or the other the last two weekends because it's what been about, really windy. What about June? Um, I don't know, because we didn't start running last season until Fourth of July weekend. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, so I'm not All sure, right. but I might have to jam out there. And yeah. Get my right whale. Yeah, I don't know. There are whales starting to right whales starting to be seen in Canada, so I don't know how much longer they're going to be around here, but um, we'll see what happens. I gotta wait for vaccine number two. I know, me too. <laughs> I'm almost there. So, I'm all just right. Waiting for Kaylin Taylor photography to take off. Kaylin Taylor photography. Yeah, what's that, Kaylin Taylor? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like you guys. I'm not. I don't have the skills. Oh, oh! Get out of here, ladies and gentlemen! And then killer whale slapping a common dolphin to the moon. It's nothing. Use his tech fin to do that. Whack it up in there, then it headbutt it like it was volleyball. <laughs> Caitlin snapped it with probably one hand, other hand on the mic. She was like, eh, "No, I was in the, the I was in the zodiac trying not to fall down." <laughs> so, okay. So, we all have Anyways. an epic sightings. Yeah, lots of good stuff going on. Springtime is off to a good start in the Northern Hemisphere. So, okay, so for our uh, topics this time around, um, I do have an update because last episode we talked about manatees and some of their threats. And um, some of this is older news stories that we're going to talk about for the rest of the episode. But I thought they were cool, so I didn't want to, like, just sweep them by. Um, At the beginning of April, there's this... Piney Point Phosphogypsum, I don't know if it's what the right word is, factory something that has like a water containment with effluent from their their chemical production. Oh, it's and a quarry, right? So a quarry. Yeah, quarry. I think that's the right word. Sure. <laughs> um, oh. And the the reservoir was like failing and it was starting to leach into... Um, the river system and then pouring out into Tampa Bay. And so they actually, at the beginning of April, down in Florida and Manatee County, um, had to evacuate people because they were worried that the toxin load was going to be so high it was even going to pose a risk to humans. Um, but manatees are already off to a rough start this year, and this is just going to make the problem worse. Um, the reservoir was able to be reinforced with a stone aggregate, uh, like the second week of April, I think, but they did also like intentionally release water from the reservoir to like relieve the pressure as they were trying to firm up the the containment. Um, so there have <coughs> been some uh, red tide or algal blooms okay. detected, and they're actively monitoring it still. So just another little challenge for manatees and other marine life down in Florida. So that was kind of wow. sad. Al- algal blooms are a natural phenomena, but when you throw agriculture and other nutrients like nitrogen or something like that into the ocean, it's, it turns into a human-caused problem, right? An anthropogenic problem. Yeah. Well, and when an algal bloom um, becomes too big for a certain area, then... It takes away the oxygen. and Yeah, because, I mean, the algae is producing oxygen, but then the algae is becoming food for fish, and then too many fish come into one small area, and they consume all the oxygen, and then all of a sudden everybody is, like, suffocating. So, yeah. Anoxic. Anoxic, yeah. In theory, it's a good thing, and then when it becomes... It's possible to have too much of a good thing. So that's what happens during red tide. The rest of the stories that we have, though, are about the Gulf of Mexico. So I kind of thought that would be like our theme for the rest of the episode. Um, But, you know, what is going on in the Gulf of Mexico with, you know, 
whales and things. Well, I'll tell you. Let's find out. (laughs) We can't wait to learn. (laughs) Um, There's actually quite a few cetaceans and marine mammals in general in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, One species, which I would love to do like a mini sewed on or something in the future, um, is actually extinct. It is the Caribbean monk seal. So there's only two species of monk seals left in the world, and one of them is the Hawaiian monk seal, and the other one is the Mediterranean monk seal. But there used to be a monk seal species in the Gulf of Mexico. What makes them a monk seal? Um, Their religion. That's a good question. <laughs> First off, how are you telling me that they're on one island and they're on another island, but on the other side? What do you mean? <laughs> they're island-loving seals. I don't know. No, but well, it's just what, like, 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 why, like, why is there a monk seal, and then like, what's the difference between a monk seal and a harbor seal, or an elephant seal? Or an it's elephant like seal. a monk seal is like an elephant seal, and a harbor seal had a baby. But what also, is so is a, a monk seal. seal. I know that's what I'm saying. They all, they're all weird. But what I, I want to know, know is, how did they both end up on islands? I don't know. I mean, maybe that. Oh, part they of are. They are the only earless seals found in tropical climates. Okay. And so you're Got telling me right that there. you're telling me that this monk seal, two of them, a, uh, uh, a male and a female, they went through the Panama Canal, went up that thing that lifts boats up, went down to the no, side, no. <laughs> all the way to Maui, and then ran their own population. Well, that's a very good question. Like, are, they're in the same genus. Okay, we're gonna have. Or to, are we going back to Pangaea? Have, I think we're going back to Pangaea. So, I don't know, though. We're going to have to do some more research, just kind of like we did with the manatees. Get the phylogeny going, all that good stuff. But anyways, um, Caribbean monk seals went extinct in the middle of the 20th century due to hunting. Um, So, that's why they went extinct, because they're tasty, I guess. But also maybe for their um, fur. So, other species of marine mammals that inhibit the Gulf of Mexico, we talked about some of them last episode, the West Indian manatee. Um, And then for odonocetes, they have sperm whales, pygmy sperm whales, dwarf sperm whales, short-finned pilot whales, pygmy killer whales, Fraser dolphins, Rizzo's dolphins, Clymeni dolphins, striped dolphins, Atlantic spotted dolphins, pantropical spotted dolphins, spinner dolphins, rough-toothed dolphins. Um, This says grampus whale, but I think that Oh, but the scientific, this report was translated from Spanish. So killer whales, um, false killer whales, pygmy killer whales, bottlenose dolphins, Gervais beaked whales, Blainville beaked whales, Cuvier's beaked whales, and sour bee beaked whales. So it sounds like we need to check a, take a trip to the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Then for baleen whales, they have uh, documentation of North Atlantic right whales, blue whales, fin whales, uh, tropical Rorqual. That's uh, ch- 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 uh, tropical Rorqual is Brutus whale, whale maybe. Yeah. minky whale, and humpback whales. And then now we know we've talked about this in a previous episode. There's also rice's whale. Uh, yeah. So wonder, there's actually a lot going on there. I wonder where what population of blue whales that is. Like, where do they? I don't know. It might be just like, yeah. um, it's just me. <laughs> Blue whales coming in from the North Atlantic. Yes, Slater. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Okay, wait. Uh, question: If sea wolves like the ones that are up in British Columbia, what? 
Are you reading the? the I'm report? reading the whole. Yeah, the whole paper. Yeah, I think that that's um that's just a like translation issue, because this report originally was put out for the Mexican government, so it was in Spanish, but yeah. now it's been translated to English, and so yeah. I think Seawolf might have been like. I wonder what I don't means. know if that killer was referring whales. to monk seals or killer whales or what it was. I don't know because they also have walrus, and it's like, hey, obviously there's no walruses off of the Gulf of Mexico, so yeah, unless there was. I don't think so. It's too warm. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. Um, then there's some cool information in this report about um, there's some citing information which is probably now outdated because this report's from 2004. Um, there's some current citing information about different species, but this section about risk factors for marine mammal populations in the Gulf of Mexico under intentional capture. This I learned some things that I didn't know before. Um, so the meat, fat, and skin of manatees is actually really valuable, and manatee hunting um, goes back to pre-colonial times and uh, is one of the significant contributions for population reduction of manatees in the Gulf of Mexico. And um, it was banned, I think, in the 1920s in some areas, but it still goes on in um, different parts of, of Mexico. And it is a traditional hunting, um, like it's part of their culture in the Tabasco and Yucatan regions. And then there also is a intentional capture of bottlenose dolphins to use as shark bait meat, which was common Whoa. until 1974. And it was banned by the International Whaling Commission in 1980, um, but it has been documented in the mid to late 80s in some parts of Mexico as well. And they also think that the dolphins were used as meat. Um, there were some incidences where they weren't sure if the animal was captured or if it stranded and then was harvested. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was a aquarium trade capture industry going on in Mexico for bottlenose dolphins. From It says from 1961 to 1972, 40 to 60 bottlenose dolphins were captured in Mexico. And um, they were sent to England and Switzerland and Germany. And then since 1984, the International Whaling Commission has a report that indicates 58 bottlenose dolphins were captured in Mexico. Um, but it's, the report is kind of vague as to like what happened, where they were caught, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, until 2001, there were no specific regulations in existence for the capture of bottlenose dolphins. Um, and it was authorized through a system of permits and quotas. Um, so it was sort of like a regulated thing by the Mexican government, I guess. Um, but now it looks like it is totally illegal. Yeah. If you violate the federal law, it imposes a sentence of one to nine years or a fine of 300 to 3,000 times the daily wages of that offender caught in the illicit capture, injury, or death of any marine mammal or the collection and storage of their products or subproducts. Wow, that's gnarly. 3000 you could pay gnarly. a fine 3000 times your daily wage. That's awesome. Wow. I should do that here. Interesting. Um also the they have some information about incidental capture like bycatch type stuff. Um for manatees 
and dolphins. And there are some reports that fishermen sometimes attack uh, cetaceans to prevent them from eating fish or damaging fishing equipment, such as short-finned pilot whales and the tuna fishery. And some shrimp fishermen believe that bottlenose dolphins destroy their nets, so they shoot them when they come near the boats. Great. Great. <laughs> this is all from the 90s. I don't think this happens now, but like these reports, this is, you know, just like a summary report. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Gulf of Mexico. There's a lot more going on than anyone realized. Yeah. Um, so the, re the reason why I brought this up at all is because there were some cool news stories in March, actually. So we're a little behind, but, we, you know, whale things happen a lot for us. Um, the first story is from, like, mid-March. There was a huge killer whale sighting off the coast of Galveston, Texas. I don't know if you guys saw that go around on social media a bit. Um, but there's an estimated 100 animals in the area, killer whales. What? And it was yeah. that. Yeah, overnight fishing boat saw them. <clears throat> Where are um, pictures? They caught, the, they caught the 54 story. tuna and 240 snapper. Red snapper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And oh, they I saw did like see this. 30 to 50 close to their boat for about 20 minutes. And then they um, interviewed another guy who was from an aquarium in the area, and he said that they do get sightings reported every couple couple years, but overall, it really is a rare occurrence. So, Dude, what you know what type of killer whales like Killer whales there. I have no idea, but a hundred animals sounds kind of like it. He said that. Be. It said that they uh, thought they were pilot whales at first, so they slowed down. Mm -hmm. So they must get pilot whales there if that's what they, you know, initially thought it was. Yeah. Do you imagine seeing a hundred killer whales in a place that like never sees them? Me and Slater have seen it. And Caitlin. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> you seen it too? Oh yeah, Caitlin was here for the Monterey. Yeah, of course. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like no, but like like we're like we expect to see them in Monterey. Yeah. Like, imagine going to somewhere that like never sees them and being like <laughs> <laughs> that's why I made. That's why I made the news. That's what you would be like. I would take pictures. <laughs> so, and then the other sighting that was in the news um, in March, like the third week of March, was there was a humpback whale sighted in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, it was about thirty miles off the coast of Clearwater, Florida, so west side of Florida, Gulf side of Florida. Um, it was one single humpback, and it, this guy got really cool videos. It looks like it was really surface active. It was breaching. It was tail slapping. At one point, it came close to the boat. Um, and then they interviewed a lady from NOAA, Laura Ingleby, and she basically said, "We don't really know why the humpbacks come into the Gulf, but sometimes they do." And the last time that a humpback whale was sighted in the Gulf of Mexico and was reported anywhere, it was in 2018 off the coast of Panama City. <clears throat> so pretty cool. And actually, in that news story, they said, um, if you see humpback whales, to call the, the NOAA hotline for the southeast U.S. region um, because they want to know about it. I'm assuming probably if you see any, like, you know, killer whales, North Atlantic right whales, humpback whales, blue whales. You should probably just call that in. Basically, um, see any whales, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so if anybody who listens to the podcast is from that area that goes out on the ocean, you know, there's some, we don't know the resources super, super well, but 
um, definitely you could call the NOAA hotline for the Southeast U.S. region and they could tell you, you know, if they want info or not. But pretty cool. More going on there than you think. Pretty sweet. And then um, there was this paper that came out. Uh, let me look at the date. I think it was fairly recently. Yeah, it was published in March of this year that um, talks more about the Gulf of Mexico and the habitat suitability of it uh, for cetaceans. And basically this paper was just modeling. Um, but if you look at how they broke down the, the models, it is actually a fairly suitable habitat for a wide variety, especially of odonocetes. There are some deep water spots. There's some productive spots in the Gulf. Um, and so I'm not surprised to see such a long list of, of whales and dolphins seen in the Gulf when you look at other reports, because, um, if you look at how the Gulf is set up, like it actually has pretty good potential to have a lot of species there. What are those um, numbers? What is that? Is that depth? It's really warm though, right? Like, yes, obviously, but 14, yeah. 35,000. Is that, is that how deep it is? Um, I think those are, those numbers are oh, no. shelves, <laughs> shelves and slopes. One, two, three, That's four. just okay. like they, those are areas that they analyzed in the study. But oh, if you look at meters, wow. Yeah. So it gets, it gets pretty deep there. Um, there is a list of sightings as well, which I thought was really cool for some of the selected species that they did modeling for. From 1978 to 2017, there were 810 sightings of sperm whales in the Gulf of Mexico reported. What? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of sperm whales. Okay. Well, wait. The Gulf of Mexico is a big place. So, like, what does that yeah. mean? So, this this paper is like trying to some... model. Tells you the model. Yeah. It's trying to model the entire Gulf to um, help determine what's going on in the exclusive economic zones of the United States, Mexico, and Cuba. And um, in the paper, they talk about how the United States exclusive economic zone is uh, pretty well studied, but the Mexican and Cuban e exclusive economic zones are not very well covered. Aren't the Cubans and U.S. ones almost the same because of the distance? Because it's 250 miles, right? And then Cuba's only 60 miles from U.S.? Um, yeah, so I think it said, where was it? It said it was like 40% U.S., but only like 5%. Oh, yeah. The Gulf of Mexico is a semi-enclosed sea connected to the Atlantic Ocean and Caribbean Sea. It has 1.6 million kilometers squared of surface. And um, the EEZ of Mexico represents about 55% of the total surface. The United States, 40%, and Cuba, about 5%. Yeah, so Cuba's a small... Probably yeah. on the other, other side of the island that doesn't face us. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Havana, na, na, una, na, whatever they call it now. <laughs> it's like super close to us. So 319 dwarf sperm whales. Dude, Sighting. it sounds like we yeah. need it. This, um, is, this is what we do. We got to go to gotta go to Corpus Christi, start our own whale watch company, and boom. And have a boat that can go that far offshore. Yeah, they're yeah. all in deep water canyons. <laughs> I wonder if anybody would, would do like, you know, like multiple day whale watches out there. That'd be sick. Maybe. Yeah. All those, all those canyons you pointed out, 
uh, Caitlin, on the chart, like, I know there's fishermen who go out there for, like, swordfish and stuff like that, and they use yeah. bait because it was deep out there. But, yeah, they're taking, like, full-day runs out there from, like, the Florida area at times to get yeah. to. So it's... Uh... That's why there's yeah. no whale watch companies there. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think it's just like the f- cost of fuel would also be insane to be able to go that that much yeah. range. Yeah, melon-headed whales are weird. Melon-headed whales? I really want to like, see one. Kind of look like a cross between a false, false killer whale yeah. and a pilot whale. And a pilot whale, yeah. Which is um, weird. So the four main regions in the Gulf of Mexico that were identified as like prime habitat for cetaceans was. The Mississippi Canyon, the Louisiana-Texas Slope, and the West Florida Slope, and then the Rio, if you want to say it like a Texan, the Rio Grande Slope, Rio Grande Slope, and then the Tamaulipas, Veracruz Slope. I think that's how you say it. Sorry if I butchered it for O'Donoghue's especially, but um, they basically their model said that they expect a high diversity along the continental slope and then the variables that they were looking at with the habitat uh, were mostly bathymetry sea surface temperature and chlorophyll production and um, the most important actually ended up being depth and sea surface temperature as far as determining like what a good habitat was so um, basically the study concludes with um, the study and the models generated highlight the need for further research on cetaceans in the Gulf of Mexico, especially in Mexico and in Cuba. So I thought that was interesting. And it's hard just, to... uh, I just booked a trip for uh, June 23rd. <laughs> if you guys are interested in booking, it's a uh, five-day Gulf of Mexico trip. Guaranteed pygmy sperm whales, dwarf sperm whales, and regular sperm whales. Um, yeah, trifecta of sperm whale power. <laughs> Adam is so booking that. Look at him. He's already typing it. I'm going to call Dave right now. Dave, can I have these days off? (laughs) Please, please, pretty please. So, yeah, pretty cool. And then I just want to reiterate the Rice's Whale thing. For those of you that maybe missed that um, discussion in a previous episode, I just attended virtually the New England um, Naturalist Workshop, which is put on by... WDC, which is whale and dolphin conservation, I think. Um, and then also, who else puts it on? Center for Coastal Studies and I think another organization. Um, I watched it virtually while I was doing boat work, so I didn't get to pay really super good close attention because I was trying to do stuff on the boat, but I was listening to it in the background. And um, this article that I found from Oceanographic Magazine actually pretty much covers the main highlights as well of what um, the researcher was talking about during the talk at the naturalist workshop. Um, But what's not clear to me yet is if they're saying there's Brutus whales and Rice's whales, or if they've been misidentifying Brutus whales as Rice's whales. I think that they're, there are both species there and they estimate that there's less than a hundred of Rice's whales in the Gulf of Mm Mexico, in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, They mentioned that, did they mention that hotspot form? There's like this one ridge over there that they said. Yeah, DeSoto Canyon. That's it. Okay. Yep. I never remember the name. Yeah. Yeah, it's south of Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. And um, basically, they had had samples for a long time, all the way back into the 90s, of this, of Rice's whale, but they could never get enough of a skeleton or enough compelling genetic information to really prove that this animal was a separate species from Brutus whales. 
And you tell that Everglades whale, right? Yeah, in 2019, a whale stranded in the Everglades, and they were able to actually really assess the mandibles. So looking at the jaws, and um, it's like it's physically different enough to be like, yeah, this is definitely not a Brutus whale, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So <clears throat> it's also kind of terrifying. Like you discover a new species, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's only a hundred left already. Yeah. Like, what? But what's crazy, they knew about them. That's why they knew about that canyon, because yeah. they knew they just hung out right there. And then yep. to, like, actually get one strand and, like, wait, this is weird. Where do yeah. they breed? Probably in the Gulf. They pro- I don't think that they move, but um, I'm not even sure anyone has a sighting of a calf anywhere. So. Uh, it's, like annoying because it's like how have we not discovered everything we've had so much this time. is how this is why i started to want to do whale stuff i would sit in class with jim sumich and have that exact expression and be like why don't we know this yet and he'd be like caitlin once you get on the ocean and try and study whales you'll know why and that's why i think it's so cool so yeah gulf of mexico that's what i got for you this week let's go i'm going now see you <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Adam, get back here now. We have a podcast to finish. <laughs> and as per usual, thank you so much for the support on Patreon. We've had a few new ones recently. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, um, guys. Yeah, that we is are. a huge thing for us. Yeah. And if the you, world. If you don't follow us on social media as well, please do so. Um, on the Facebook page, we post all of our show note links. And then on Instagram, we post like host update type things. So um, two different platforms getting you different information. So give us a follow at Whale Nerds and rate the podcast wherever you listen to it. That helps us kind of like bump up in the show list so other people can find us because there's not many whale podcasts out there in the world. <laughs> so. I was going through our... Um our reviews on Apple Podcasts and I found my review from like three years ago. <laughs> it was like Eric, Caitlin, and, and Slater are so well knowledged on the, the whales of the world and oh, no, 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 no. Have, not so, me, dude. I just such make it great up. <laughs> such great advocates for the wildlife. So, so like, cute. Oh baby Adam. Baby he is still Adam. a baby anyway. Sure. Still a baby. I just listen to Caitlin and Eric. And then raise my hand when I have questions. <laughs> oh, raise your hand. Raise your hand, everyone. I, raise, I don't know if you guys can see this on the Patreon version of the video. I don't think yeah. so, but Probably. they keep you raising their hands at me. No, I don't think they can see it on the recording. They're like, dang it, we were raising our hand the whole time for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, everyone. If you made it this far, um, the secret whale of the week is... Later. Oh, she put me on the spot like that. Because yeah, you do it Wait. every episode. Melon-headed whales. We talk rice about is whale. Sure. Rice is you know what, dude? A melon rice whale. Okay. <laughs> melon rice whale. Yes. The secret made-up whale of the week is the <laughs> melon rice whale. If I don't see some melon rice whales in the comments, I will cry. On the next <laughs> podcast. Go whale watching and see melon heads, and I'm gonna yell out, "Nice melons!" Oh, thank my you guys. Gosh. Well, Thanks, right everyone. There. Bye. Bye. Bye.